0: Welcome back to the Wedding Wisdom Podcast with Doug Winters. I am, as always, your host, Doug Winters. We're up to episode 48. Today's guest is Andrea Freeman, the founder and principal designer of Andrea Freeman Events, a New York City-based event company. We use the word events a lot in this podcast, just in case you hadn't noticed. What I hope you're all going to find is that Andrea truly has a unique take these parties that we all take part in. And rather than me trying to explain it, I'm sure you'll agree that it's going to come out a lot better when you hear it from her, because she explains it really well. She's truly erudite and thoughtful, as well as being beautiful and charming. So here is my conversation with the incredibly lovely Andrea Freeman. Okay, so you're 16.
1: Yeah, so, so I I joke around that I accidentally discovered my passion when I was 16. What I did is I went on one of these trips. They call it a wider opportunity in Girl Scouts. Oh, you were
0: saying that you were life lifetime Girl Scout.
1: Yeah, I'm actually still a member. I mean, it's huge leadership training. I just went to like an award ceremony recently, and they're saying that some 80% of girls who get the gold award, which is like the Eagle Scout mm-hmm. and Boy Scouts, hmm Go on to be entrepreneurs or CEOs of companies. Really? Yeah. I mean, it's incredible. Like the business skills that you get, even if all you do is brownies, right? And you sell some Girl Scout cookies and you do some booth sales. And the, the yeah, you skills. learn to interact
0: with people. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, like you can't own a business if you can't hear no, right? Right. So I went to Kansas City for a month. I'm 16 years old. My mom puts me on a plane. Kansas is that City like Girl for a Scout month. Headquarters? No. There's just a. An organization out there a service unit in the Girl Scouts that's what they call them that's how they're organized by basically by school districts and they're running a camp for kids with disabilities and I apply and get accepted to work at this camp for the summer and I go out there and have the time of my life
0: to work with kids with disabilities yeah okay so
1: it's a it's a partnership between the Rotary Club and the Girl Scout Council out there in Kansas City Missouri and so I spent a month out there. At first, I'm terrified. I've never been on a plane before, on a plane by myself for the first time. Wow. Have
0: you ever worked with kids with disabilities?
1: Yeah. So I have a sister with a disability. So I was familiar with And in order to get ready to go out to this camp, there's this whole preparation. It's like a year of preparing. You have to do some volunteer work. You have to, you know, just do a lot of research. You have That's to- a calling.
0: It really is, I, th- I think.
1: Oh, is yeah. A, you know. Yeah. Like most things in life. So I went out to Kansas City, I'm, you know, terrified, get on the plane, go out there, I have the time of my life at this camp. And come home and, you know, just talking to my mom about how amazing it was. And you know, I hope they asked me to do it next year. And she said, well, you don't have to go out there to, to do that. Why don't you start one here? We don't have one of those. And she just planted this little I seed. I love your mother. I know. I love my mom <laughs> too. She's amazing. Well, I was so I was looking for a project to do for my gold award. And she said, you need oh, a project okay. anyway. Why don't you make that your project? So I just said, okay. Then kind of blindly went through this project. I, I ended up having to, I was a big soccer player. I had to stop playing soccer that year. Would come home from school. I would make all my phone calls. I mean, I learned about fundraising. We applied for grants. I, I mean, you have, your project, in order to start working on your gold award, you have to have your project approved. The Girl Scout Council said, no, too big no way you're not gonna be able to do it surprising right for like an organization that empowers young women but I said no I really can do this and they said we'll give you provisional approval let's just see what you can do okay it never got approved but I did it (laughs) (laughs) It eventually just became clear that I was doing it (laughs) so but I you know I learned about nonprofits. I learned about grants I learned about you know I learned about marketing I was on a local radio station I was interviewed for the paper. I was, you know, I did all of this just, just, oh, oh, telling everybody. It's almost like it was divine. <laughs> it, everything fell into place. I did the radio thing. Some guy from IBM called me up. You he heard it. We want to support you. Where can we send a chat? So there was a lot of support. And then it was scary because I had to deliver. It was a weekend in June. I found volunteers, people who wanted to be trained. I found somebody to come in and lead our training to teach kids how, how to do wheelchair transfers and you know, we had nurses who volunteered, we had oh, wow. a carnival. I had to find a location, first of all, camp that's fully wheelchair accessible, but the Fresh Air Fund is right up here and they had a space. Uh, yeah, so it happened. So I did it, it was a huge success and the Girl Scout Council adopted the project. That was the only year I led the project, mm-hmm. but it went on to run for another 10 years.
0: Wow. Do they yeah. like finally approve it as your gold star? Then? I got my gold award. Oh All right. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I did. Yeah. And so, but the thing is, it, it's not like I, there was a big aha in all of that, that I was like, I should be an event planner. I didn't even know an event planning was a thing you could do. Like, I didn't know anybody that did it. I'd never heard that it existed. So I thought I love summer camp. I can't do summer camp all year round. That's you can't live on being a summer camp counselor. So I went to school for education. I taught for a year, and I realized that I love kids. I love making a difference. But you uh, couldn't see doing this. But I couldn't see doing. Yeah. So I, and I realized that it lacked the creativity that I really need. Hmm. You know, because they give you the book, the curriculum. Teach this.
0: Oh, we could go into only how, teach this. How they, yeah. Yeah. About how terrible the education system is yeah i
1: mean i think the longer you stay in it if you have a principal who trusts you you get a little more space but i had a student whose like parent died and i wanted to talk to the class about it and the principal said don't oh yeah i was like wow that seems like a misstep and i ended up having to because you know there ended up being like a bullying situation and, and i just did it but i've always been somebody who cares about people's happiness yeah, so I, so I tried teaching. It okay. wasn't for me. I I really put it my all into that year, but I thought I couldn't do it every year. If I had continued with education, definitely literacy was the way for me to go. Summer's off wasn't enough of a perk. Yeah. <laughs> so in that teaching year, I started hosting a lot of dinner parties. Friends just start asking me, like, I'm doing this dinner party. Can you make this for me? So I start catering, basically. But yeah. small, like just, not, you yeah. know. I, for <laughs> but, friends. Yeah, exactly. So I'm doing these like in-home dinner parties for friends and and I think like maybe they're right. And so when I leave teaching, I full-time go to culinary school. This culinary school in particular turns out a lot of private chefs. It's got a wellness thing to it. They mix French culinary arts with Eastern and Western philosophy of nutrition. Which is great. It's incredible. I had the best time. I was being super creative. I'm working with people who care about wellness and balance and my whole life growing up in upstate New York, everybody's always like, you seem like you're from the West Coast. This, this is probably why, <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm into all that stuff. So I'm working out in the Hamptons for private clients, and I did my culinary internship with Dan Barber at Blue Hill.
0: Oh, wow. So you're really much more of a like a sophisticated New Yorker than a hick from upstate.
1: Yeah, I always knew I wanted to be in the city. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and still, like, living, I love the nature. I love living upstate. I love that I have a backyard for my daughter. I love that we live close to family, and she has a relationship with her grandmother and her cousins. And I mean, as a family, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. But the vibe and the energy of the city, like, really yeah. gets me going. Can't beat it. Yeah, yeah I love it. So I, I, I love that I get to have that balance in my life. I'm not one of those people who is fortunate to always know from the age of 17, like, exactly what my passion is and just, like, Make a yeah. beeline for it. I kind of like meandered through this self discovery, really, to 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 end up back at the thing that I loved. Right, because when I look back into hindsight, mm-hmm. planning that camp was event planning,
0: right? And and making things for your friends' parties is catering.
1: Yeah, and all of that, all of those experiences inform what I do today. You know, like so, I have this ability to sit down with a couple. And, you know, like I've done the process so many times that I can assess really quickly where they are, what their communication style is going to be like, what they're going to need, like how they're going to feel supported. And that I mean, that's teaching. That's all of that. That quick assessment. For me, it, it's really important in that first time that we meet to to make sure that that we're a good fit. You know, we're going to spend. Now, I, I hear that them, expression
0: a lot. So, so you sit down with the potential client. Mm hmm. How do you...
1: How do I know? Is it
0: more like a... It's almost like a a date?
1: It's like a date. Yeah. Yeah, I joke around. I actually, usually in that meeting, say like, this is our first date. Yeah. But we're going to spend a lot more time planning this party than we're going to spend in this party. Doing the
0: party. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Right? Like we... Maybe it's a year. No. Six to nine months, I say, is like the sweet spot Mm -hmm. for planning a wedding. Like full planning. But we're going to spend all these hours in communication with each other and making sure that we're doing it the way that you envision. Yeah. And that takes some, you know, it takes some time. Like that first meeting is important to understand if we have the ability to communicate with each other in the right style mm-hmm. and, you know, in a way that's going to be an enjoyable process. But then For both of you. Yeah, for all for all parties <laughs> for all involved. Of you, yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, to, to to be able to assess is this someone who's going to be able to trust me? because like right. a big part of this kind of relationship these are busy people starting careers at this point in their lives and mm-hmm. like you know a lot of, a lot of med school lawyers like yep. a lot of young professionals. professionals right so
0: that don't have time to
1: yeah yeah,
0: yeah.
1: um so are we going to be able to communicate in a way that this whole process is enjoyable. That's like mostly what we're looking for in that first meeting. And so when you're talking about what you make available, I mean, I, you know, I talk about all of the different ways that we can do it and, you know, the design process and, and all, all of the way that the process unfolds. And when, you know, when they're right there with me, then I'm like, okay, this person's going to, they're going to trust the process. What is
0: the most important thing for you to relate To know that you're going to have a good relationship with a client.
1: Well, for me, it's about making sure that the intention behind the celebration is bigger than what the celebration is itself.
0: Talk about a coffee table book quote.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, for example, if it's a wedding, then, you know, like, what is this wedding really about? Like, what is this? Why these people? Why this date? what is this going to contribute to your community that what that didn't exist before? What experience are these people going to have that, you know, not to be too lofty, but that might transform this community. That might make something new. When you say this
0: community, you mean the invited guests? The
1: invited guests. Yeah. So I love what
0: you're saying. This, this is great.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I, I love to talk to people about linens and flowers and all of those things because I think those things support the intention, Mm -hmm. but the initial foundation of planning an extraordinary celebration is having some really good context because it's not an easy process. It's a lot of work. If you you endeavor to do something for a year, you have to be able to keep alive for yourself the importance of it. The purpose of the it. The purpose, yeah, yeah. The goal. Mm-hmm. So that's my take on planning. And I and I don't think that everyone wants it. some people want just a beautiful party. Mm-hmm. Some people just want, you know, the room to to be amazing and, you know, and and somebody else does that. Right. What right, I right, do right. is I support intentional gatherings with all of the elements that it takes to create that specific experience. For some people, that happens in a single night in a ballroom and for some people that happens in a week in the jungle in Mexico and for other people that happens in a weekend at a camp upstate and you know like it looks different for everybody and so what are all of those elements whether it's the wedding night itself or those ancillary parties or you know gatherings sometimes it's just a a dinner or it's a a bunch of games in the field or you know so it looks it looks different for everybody. I work with a lot of non-traditional brides, I guess, mm-hmm. couples I would say. And I think tradition always ends up creeping in, right? Mm-hmm. But I think when people say that they don't want all of those things, it's that they don't want the clichés. What they want okay. is something that just feels like them. And and I don't only do weddings. Oh, I predominantly do weddings, but I do apply all of these same foundational beginning steps for to a, for, my corporate clients yeah. to everything. Can we talk
0: about budgets? Okay. Now I'm not talking about specific money. So I never discuss money with people. I mean, is it sticky bringing up money? No. What I'm trying to say,
1: no. My job is to bring up money. My job is to make sure that. But such a funny gentle thing. way. Yes, thank you. I have the client be very clear about what the process is going to look like. And a big part of that can't happen until we know what we're working with. I compare it to shopping. If I'm looking for a new coat, mm-hmm. am I going to Zara? Mm-hmm. Am I going to I mean, where am I going? Yeah. <laughs> And I can't know where to go. I can't make that decision until I know how much money I want to spend on my coat.
0: Right. That's the question I'm trying to ask in a yeah. gentle way. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so usually I can say that now, sometimes people will come in, they've had a sister get married or the mother has, you know, one of her girls has gotten married, more clear about the process. But when it's the first one in the family getting married, there's a lot less clarity. So, but some people will come in, they know exactly how much they want to spend. This is our all-in budget. I love that. Yeah. But that's rarely the case. <laughs> right. Because they're creating something that they've never done before. Even if they've done a de- this this one got married in a ballroom, but that one wants a destination wedding. Like they're they're two different animals. So right. they don't know what what that should cost. Right. They don't know how much flowers should cost in another country. Or in this, or country. In this country. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many variables. But the the very first thing after we have the intention, after we're sure that you know we're doing this for the right reason, is to know, you know, what the style is, what the budget is. All of the elements have to play nicely together. It all has to work to support the the overall event. Right. But there are things that express who you are more than other things. Sure. So, are you guys foodies? Then that's going to be really important to right. make sure that we're entertaining in a particular way. Are you guys really into music or do you really want like an amazing dance party then entertainment is going to be one of those top priorities are you guys really nostalgic then we're going to make sure that yeah we have really amazing photos oh I didn't think of that hmm so I mean all of it plays together but it's important to know who they are to guide them to the to the right choices I have a lot of room and compassion for my clients to to go through this evolutionary process right. of getting to the aisle. I call it a journey to the aisle because it it really is you know their
0: journey to the aisle.
1: <laughs> well they're go- they're going through a lot of self-discovery and they're going through a lot of discovery not only individually, but how they are as a, as a team, as a couple, as a partnership.
0: In the, let's say, nine months of planning, your relationship could change, for the hopefully for the better and get closer and closer and closer. Yeah. But there might be things you discover about the person that you're not all of a sudden so happy with, or there might be friction.
1: Oh, I mean, you're putting together all of the hot topics, if you will. Like, right, we're talking about money, we're, we're involving family, meeting other sides of family. You know, it's like all of these things that... Any one alone, traditions, any one of them alone could cause conflict, but you're doing it all at once. And a a lot of times they're also starting new jobs, buying new homes. Right. You know? And this is uh,
0: not their only priority.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So you have to be really sensitive to all of that. Yeah. You know, and, and make sure that there are no surprises on your own end. They surprise me all the time. (laughs) Oh, of course.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: (laughs) You know, Um, but that's, that's my job to, you know, take those requests that I didn't see coming and, and make them happen.
0: So what is your favorite, not venue, but almost type of venue? Is it a Manhattan hotel? Is it a summer camp? Is it that week in Mexico?
1: I get asked this question all the time, and... I don't have one particular style that I do. I don't have one particular venue that I always work at because it's all so customized and so individualized. And I really do care so deeply about people having what they want that my project that I'm working on now is always my new favorite. You know, and when I was... A chef yeah. people would always say what's your favorite recipe what i'm working on now what i'm working on now. yeah i and i also get bored pretty easily <laughs> <laughs> so i like to change it up yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i don't know what came first the chicken or the egg i don't yeah, know maybe exactly. i work this way because i you know i like to keep it fresh but it seems to work for my clients they seem to enjoy the personalized approach and- it's very
0: funny but this being an audio podcast there's a look on your face that i'm not sure i'm sure you're not aware of but what? that whenever you talk about the actual party
1: mm-hmm.
0: or the person or the journey you're like beaming <laughs> like Aww. you really and en- you could tell you really enjoy what you do
1: yeah I'm, i mean i'm a people person and, and that's just no
0: check you out in 15 years you'll be like oh here's another one
1: <laughs> <laughs> stay tuned <laughs> yeah exactly
0: um <laughs> All right, so.
1: I mean, I've been doing it for 13 years. So, yeah. You know, yeah, it's that's, really. it's that's
0: long enough to uh, <laughs> to make a decision on whether you yeah, really think, like it or I'll not. Yeah, I think I'll stick with it. How do you get work?
1: At this point, it's word of mouth. It's definitely past clients. It's venues that trust me. But mm. mostly it's word of mouth.
0: I think it's a word of mouth business. Yeah,
1: I tried advertising. Like in the beginning. It's hard. Yeah. You yeah, you can't. Know. You can't communicate. The nuance of the process in eight. a five by seven or smaller. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's impo- a banner ad. It's impossible. I, you know, and I. That's when I stopped doing bridal shows. You have to sit like this with someone yeah. and talk about what they really want, and see if you can be invested in it, in their dream for a year, and if they can be invested in trusting you and they have to be willing to open up their partnership, right? Like, you know, they have to decide together you want to let yeah, you're the third wheel for a year.
0: You are. Exactly. <laughs> but you be you're definitely part of their lives.
1: Yeah. And you also have to be really good at saying goodbye. I mean, you Tell get so Tell me about so that. That's close. really
0: interesting cuz I I I have thoughts about that.
1: Yeah. So, in the kind of dynamic that I have as a planner, I'm talking to them multiple times a day. Right. You know, especially with Instagram, like they're sending you pictures. Like, I love this. I love that. You know, you're you're just in constant communication. Yeah. Right. And you're really invested in them. At least I am having what they want. And in this being an incredible experience and a really special, memorable day. And then the day after the wedding,
0: you, know, you stay in touch for a little while on Instagram when you're, you know, posting something, or yeah. they also pe- posting something and they mention you. So that's so interesting that you said about saying goodbye because no one's really ever brought that up. I've thought that a million times.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've posted about it on Instagram. I, I feel like I become incredibly close with my clients. There are a handful that I remain friends with, mm-hmm. but most of them—that's go- rare. Yeah, most of them go on to just the next phase of, and their they have life. their own life. The way I look at the day unfolding is more like I'm the conductor. Ooh. And each of the event partners is a musician. And I'm just kinda, you know, making sure it unfolds.
0: You're talking to a conducting major. Okay. The well then you get this. <laughs> Does well. that seem right? Like That's you know perfect. like I'm no just... one's ever said that. Yeah. One person is controlling the speed, the the tempo, the flow.
1: Yeah. And I, and you know, in that general contractor role, I think my job is to bring on people who are the best at what they do Mm -hmm. for executing exactly what's needed for this particular couple on this particular day. Right. And then to let them do their job. Right. To not get in the way of their brilliance. (laughs) Because I'm not a florist and I'm not a band leader and I'm not a photo booth operator and I'm not a lot of things. Right. What I am really good at is recognizing talent. And that's my job.
0: And putting together.
1: Putting together a great team. Yeah. Yeah. That's I mean great. my husband's in television production and he always says I would be an amazing television producer. producer. Yeah, like I don't don't come from that world, so I'm not yeah. sure.
0: Yeah. Because the producer is way different from the director. The producer is in charge of everything, including all the contracts, all the budgets, all the, uh,
1: man- and really managing those relationships. Like yeah. it, it, it's not only important for me to make sure that aesthetically, of you know, this works for the client, or that budget-wise it works for the client, but that the personality, the look, the all of it is going to be in alignment with what they need.
0: Right. So. What's your advice to couples a couple of hours before when they're taking pictures? Now you've dealt with them for countless hours. Is there one pearl of wisdom? Or, but you don't. It's not like you give them a pep talk, like you see, like in a sports movie where like a halftime talk. You know, it's like, oh, I mean, to... I mean, you
1: see that in those wedding planner movies. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, like Jennifer Lopez is like, <laughs> you're amazing. You're marrying this amazing. I actually have friends who are planners who some I recently was talking to a planner friend and she had had to tell a bride to snap out of it.
0: Well, I wonder, what was the situation when they had to snap out oh, well, of it oh I don't even remember I was just you know yeah. she
1: was like I don't know what I'm doing I don't know if I should do this like, you know. oh 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 yeah oh.
0: you see you forget that how big this day is yeah and people's nerves talk about the rest really of their lives over.
1: I've I've been so far I've never had a bridezilla when people hear you plan weddings the first I, question is like how do you deal with those bridezillas and I'm like I, I don't even know what you're talking about I am so incredibly blessed that I have had the most incredible clients.
0: And also when we sat down to talk, I asked you, what's the first thing you look for? And you said, it's like a first date. Mm -hmm. We have to see if we can get along with each other. This is a long process. Yeah. The
1: majority of the time I end up connecting with clients who, you know, they want something. They want to be guided through the process of making something happen that they can't fully articulate that's really important to them and they want to go on a journey to experience why it's so important to them right and they want to have fun doing it
0: you have such a nice refreshing take on it
1: oh thanks (laughs) no really i mean
0: you talk about like sort of like going on a journey together i mean the ways of saying that where you could just sort of it could be unstitched on a pillow you know let's go on a journey together you know that that could be your tagline for your (laughs) andrea freeman events you know but But I think that you really feel that way.
1: I do. I do. Honestly, and I think it's more important than ever before because I mean we live in this hyper connected world now. You know, everyone's on social media. We're all on the go. We're emailing. We're texting. We're you know Snapchat. I don't Snapchat. I can't figure it out. But Instagram is what works best for me. It's what I enjoy the most. I can't give attention to no to to everything. Yeah, no. I know lawyers who go off of Facebook completely. Because they get asked by all their high school friends. like, Oh, my God. What's your opinion about this? You know? Oh, I know. He's right. like, I, can't, you know, I don't do this for free. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that I mean, nobody reads anymore. Like, we've all had to. I know, it's crazy. Like, from a business standpoint, you, how much text is on my website compared to when I first started. Right.
0: Yeah, exactly. because everybody
1: skims now. You, right. know, you have to have these just headlines, these one-liners. But th- that goes back to our hyper-connected world, right? right? So we're all in this very digital existence. We're busier than ever. You know, We're all seeing more images than ever before. So, so our clients are coming to us not outside of that world, but very much as a part of it, more inundated, more informed, more everything, also less connected in the real world than ever. I mean, th- there was a time when the whole country on Sunday night would watch a program, and on Monday everyone was at the water cooler talking about, "Did you see?" Right,
0: right, and they would talk. I, I, I think I heard Rob Reiner was talking about All in the Family, mm-hmm. and he said like seventy to a hundred million people would be watching our show.
1: Yeah, and then I mean, talked I grew about up the next
0: day, and.
1: I grew up all my me and my friends all watch the same cartoons or we all yeah. watch the same. You know, you mentioned 90210 before yeah. In high school. That's what we watched. And everybody was following that teenage soap opera. But now, I mean, my daughter, she's four. Right. She watches, you know, some shows on Netflix. She watches some shows on Amazon. She watches. You know, but she doesn't watch the same shows as most of the kids that she goes to school with there are so many choices choices you know all tailored to our individual experiences i know it's crazy i mean we could really go down a technology rabbit hole about I how know. we're all experiencing our own perspective on steroids but this is a, this is our challenge in the event industry is that we crave connection That's what we're searching for on Mm -hmm. all this social media, even though we're more disconnected than ever, you know, there's more FOMO, there's this, there's that, right? Oh, keep
0: talking. This is great. No, this is, (laughs) this is brilliant. I I love what you're saying because this is, you're synthesizing everything that I've been thinking that I can't put into the words.
1: Yeah. And from an evolutionary standpoint, it's super important for us to be liked, you know, it's like goes back to survival Mm -hmm. and uh, you know, it's just, it's how we're wired is to want to fit in and belong it can be used for good on social media it can be used maybe not for the best purposes yeah but in a world where people are experiencing that all the time and not connecting in the real world as much as they used to tellers at banks are disappearing supermarket clerks are disappearing malls are shopping down right shopping malls are closing down the human experience the human interaction in our society is disappearing a machine will always do the job and it does cost a whole heck of a lot less right right but we're missing out on seeing our community members right so events are the new gathering place the you know the new town square friday night when i was growing up this is such a suburban thing but we would go to the mall with our friends sure get into trouble. Yeah, but you saw the mostly same we ate ice cream from the food court and like, you know, yeah. can you go talk to him and tell him I have a crush on him? Well, <laughs> our, okay, you're going out now. What? We're going out. We never went on a date. We never we were going out though. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so that was Friday night, you know? But kids don't have, they don't have that anymore. So where are our kids going to learn how to socialize and interact with each other if we don't intentionally bring people together i mean i have a whole theory about this and it's something that's really important to me and you know i speak about it i've had clients who you know who are actors and they'll talk about the the beauty and the magic of theater versus something scripted and filmed Mm -hmm. it's such a finite experience it's that theater with that particular audience Right. With that particular delivery that night, was the lead actor in, was the stand-in, did everybody nail their lines, did this person have to ad-lib a little, you know, like, how How did it all, go, how did the music go, and, you know, yeah. what? who was in the audience that night, you know, it was just all oh, of it, right. all oh, of man. that working in concert together to create this experience that only the people in that room share for those brief moments. Yeah. And that's what I think is so special about an event. Mm
0: -hmm. I love that thought (laughs) that every single wedding is different like a Broadway show. Like you may see the show on a Wednesday matinee during the day and I'll see it at night and it might be two completely different experiences.
1: And that's part of that initial conversation that I have with my clients when I'm talking about why this group of people – Why this particular place, like what is this event about? Right. It's that experience. So, interesting. Yeah.
0: So, you have that in mind from the beginning?
1: From, yeah. That we can't, we actually can't start our work together until that's clear. Because I can only, I can design with those event objectives in mind. Right. I love that. I love watching it unfold, it's so fulfilling. It is. It makes all of those conversations and decisions and emails worth it. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Let me ask you one negative question first. <laughs> okay. That, what, what would you say would be the the biggest pain in the ass you have to deal with as a planner?
1: I don't, I don't know if I have an answer to this. There are some big picture things that it's easier to focus on because it's you know it's like it's lighter, it's more fun. But then there's these details that just make it work. I don't wake up in the morning and say, gosh, I'd really love to make a timeline today. <laughs> you know? Like, that's not what I get out of bed for. Right. <laughs> but it's what makes it work. Yeah. It's this, this structure and this foundation. It's like this this tried and true foundational practice that keeps everything going. So I don't relate it to it like, uh, you know, like, Like this is the thorn in my side or, you know, it's not like that. But I I think timelines more than anything are the thing that I'm like, oh gosh, timelines. But I can't do what I do. timelines best.
0: I'm serious.
1: I love timelines, but I don't like sitting down to make them. them. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, yeah, okay. (laughs) I love, and my timelines are like, they're really efficient. Uh, It's one page. I always fit it on one page. I mean, I have a production timeline for me and my team that's much more detailed. And I have a timeline that I give to the clients to share with their, you know, core people, whoever they decide needs to know. So they
0: know who's going to toast when.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because otherwise they'll get bombarded with questions, right? Right. Like, you know, the nervous mother of the bride, when am Mm -hmm. I going to do my this? And Mm -hmm. so there's one timeline that has absolutely everything and everyone can see who's doing what, when that cake is being delivered, when when all those things are happening, right? Mm -hmm. I know which couples you can't over communicate with because it would overwhelm them and which couples that if they don't understand the process, that will overwhelm them. They can't deal with not knowing and that's fine. That's that's for me to manage. And that's
0: your job to analyze.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And we talk in the beginning about, you know, like what's your style? But one of the most important questions in the beginning is how do you handle upset? Like if, we don't get this thing that you really want. How will I know that you're upset? And we talk about it in advance of any upset so that when the thing happens, I can say, oh, you're doing that thing. Give me me an example. I have one client and I asked her that question. And now this is a client that I work with a lot, a legacy client who I love. And, you know, how do you handle upset and she says, well, one of the one of the things I've learned about myself is that I disappear. I just like I drop out of communication. So after multiple parties, <laughs> I'm like, wow, that's so true. That's it true. It really
0: is true about yeah, you do Yeah. Yeah.
1: And so now I know how to to how to handle that. How mm-hmm. to say, I know we've asked for a lot of decisions recently. So here it all is in one email so that you don't have to sift through, like, you know, because there are a lot of other emails in her inbox. She's a really busy professional. We're in such a partnership Mm -hmm. with our clients. Right. There are certain parts that cannot happen unless we have the feedback from them. You know.
0: Which is the good part of texting and immediacy.
1: Right, that immediacy. Yeah. But, you know, there's like a flip side to it where, we're in constant communication and, you know, you know, take a break, you know, (laughs) and like, yeah. And like they can burn out on the planning process and, and so can we. So I talk to them a lot about like, have a weekend with no planning. You know, you guys just go be on your vacation. Do not make it, do not worry about any decisions. So I like to know in advance, do you guys have any big vacations coming up? Are there any big deadlines at work that I should know about? cuz sometimes you're on a roll with the planning process and things are moving really fast and then then sometimes there's a lull. So we talk about that upfront that that's how the the process will unfold. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't heard from me in a while, it's not because nothing's going on. It's because you know, we handle so many things at once that I I want to give you a break. I I'm really conscious to to not fatigue a couple. Right. Through the process. It's it's really a lot of nuance and understanding. I think the old school marketing and messaging about a wedding day was that it was going to be the most perfect day of your life. And I think that's (laughs) that's too much pressure. And I think it doesn't honor the perfection that it is for it to be however it is. Right? Like when we're talking to our kids about Mm self-esteem, like I'm trying to really instill... That exactly how they are, they're perfect. Yeah. yeah exactly yeah. the way they are. Yeah. And exactly the way they're not. Because that's what makes them them. And it's the same, like, a an event day is almost like a living, breathing organism. And exactly the way that it is. And exactly the way that it's not. It's perfect. I think. And I think that it's a series of special moments that work together to create an overall experience of fulfillment.
0: You are God's gift to a coffee table book. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, maybe we'll co author <laughs> <laughs> the,
0: no, the Wedding Wisdom Podcast starring Andrea Freeman.
1: <laughs> You're cute. I appreciate it. I mean, I just I think. But I do want
0: to, I really do want to do this again and talk about these giant companies that I know nothing about.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I obviously have talked a lot about community, right? I yeah. talk with my clients. It, community is really, really important to me. And so I think that those organizations exist so that, you know, in this industry, there are a lot of solopreneurs. So that we yeah. feel like we're yeah, not we're alone. alone. Yeah. yeah, so that we have a tribe or a community.
0: People ask me about other bands. Mm-hmm. I like, I have no idea. I've yeah. never seen them. I've never heard them. If I'm home on a Saturday, if I'm not working on a Saturday, night, the last thing I'm doing is putting on a tux and going to see another band. <laughs> you know, and you know.
1: hmm Yeah. I mean. So anyway, I think I think that community is super important. I love those, you know, organizations, and I'd be happy to sit down and yeah. chat with you again. That's this what, is what we'll do.
0: Great. Okay. Thank mm-hmm. you so much for having me in your home, and I just love this wall of books.
1: Uh, you're welcome. Anytime. Thanks for coming. Thanks, Andrew. That was fun! That was great!